Hey girl, hey. 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 I do. Yes, I do. Okay. So, usually start off as a slumber party uh, after a couple <laughs> glasses of wine. <laughs> and then there becomes a slumber party. <laughs> hey girl, hey. <laughs> I'm LaShawn Tipton, better known as the Chatter Chick. Hey, girl, hey. I am the Millennial Chick, Jerry Tipton. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. It is the Hey, girl, hey podcast on Urban Media. Today, I am your radio chick, Kiki Brown. And I'm y'all, Millennial Chick. Jeer, jeer. What's up, y'all? <laughs> and Chatter Chick, you know, when she she's booked and busy, so when she's ready to join us, she will join us. But we have a special guest, and I'm telling you, this is perfect timing. I wanted to jump in on this last week, but I was like, wait, we gotta wait. We gotta, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. Uh, Terrence Brown, I call him T. Um, he is the owner and founder of Safety and Security Consultants, LLC. Um, I mean, you're, you're, your list of expertise is, is super long. A 33 years of combined military law enforcement, safety management, and consulting experience. Um, you were with the Air Force. Shouts to you. My brothers are just newly retired from the Air Force, All right. uh, which he's always checking in anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And you, again, you are the owner and founder of Safety and Security Consultants, LLC. T, thank you so much for joining us, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, no problem, you. Kiki and JJ. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Oh, man. So, so T, we're going to, first things first, this is the first time uh, watching the, or listening to the Hey Girl Hey podcast, you know, first things first, we got to get the gossip out the way. We got to get the tea out the way. Folks want to know what's going on in the celebrity world. And there's been a lot happening since the last time we had the show. And so um, first things first, and thank you so much, Jer Jer, uh, for, for stepping in uh, the, the producer role today. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was just me. T, I don't know if you get in, got into this story, but um, Johnny Depp in a defamation of the defamation case and his ex-wife or yeah, ex-wife Amber Heard, who no hardly anybody heard of until this <laughs> until this case. We didn't even know who she was, mm-hmm. um, but clearly they were going back and forth, and he said and she said, and folks was making TikToks about it. Well, end of the story, she lost the case. Mm-hmm. She has to pay Johnny Depp. 15 million. He was seeking 50. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. She like, she like, uh, what's her name that owes 50 cent money? <laughs> Tierra Marie. She like, I ain't got it. <laughs> Amber said, nah, you ain't and getting 50 right. cent. Like, you gonna have to swing on some poles or something. I want my money. Cut the check. <laughs> So it's a big, it's a big to do with this one. Um, and I know a lot of uh, attorneys have gotten on a lot of uh, different uh, talk shows talking about this is a slap in the face for women, you know, who are in domestic violent relationships. And, you know, we are not at all, uh, you know, shedding, you know, making this a light subject or making fun of uh, domestic abuse. Not at all. Uh, this is just a hot topic. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody want to comment on it. It should have been in, in Who the F Cares News, but because it is... <laughs> This is a big, uh, you know, big, a big story. Anybody mm-hmm. want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Jer, Jer, what'd you think? I had a feeling he was going to win just because it's Johnny Depp. You know what I mean? Like most of these uh, celebrities um, who are uh, suing for defamation most likely win. And I had mm-hmm. put in there all, later on, it's actually in Who the F Cares News, but mm-hmm. um, Natasha K, who is the YouTuber who uh, Cardi B was suing, uh, mm-hmm. we have talked about her a few, a while ago. But um, now she is, you know, trying to appeal it, um, the $4 million that Cardi B wants from her and um, all the stuff that she was saying. Because she ain't got it. She ain't got it. So I guess my question <laughs> is, if they really don't have it, what happens next? Do, like, they go for property now? You know what I'm saying? Like, what wh- what happens? Can they go on a payment plan? Like, I, I guess I want to know if they really don't have the $15 million or the $4 million, like, are they coming after your ass? They're going to the credit bureau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Experian credit report going down is going to be mm-hmm. bad. Go ahead, see what you say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in my limited knowledge of settlements, remember this happened with OJ too, right? Yeah. You know, he yeah. beat it, and then mm-hmm. but they couldn't touch his pension because it was protected by the, you know, labor laws. Uh, right. Right. So they never got any of his pension. Um, mm-hmm. So, but they do put 
the equivalent of a lien. So when mm -hmm. you do run or do try to purchase anything, they see that you do owe someone X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as collecting it, there's really no teeth to collecting it outside of what you are rewarded. Right. They're going to take them too. They're going to take your teeth. Right. They're going to take your socks. They're going to take your shoes. Everything. And this is, as, and this as is as perfect Robert timing. Said, Johnny Dreams, we want them too. We want them too. Right. <laughs> Any goals, don't even think about them. That's That's right. and, and, and let's cue the chatter chick. She That's is right. here. Hey, chatter Hi. chick. What's up? Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you, darling? I'm awesome. How is everybody doing? We are yeah, well. We got T Brown in the building. T Brown is here. You, we gonna talk about security and safety uh, in the second half. Now you know how we do. We gotta talk about the hot topics. So we talked about Johnny Depp, and nobody knew what the hell was going on. But he's like, okay. So anyway, she has to cut the check or swing on a pole or something. So you have to come up with that money. So. Yeah, well, she did. She actually did win two on a counter suit. She won two million herself. Oh, yeah, she, but he but got she gonna have to get at that. She got yeah, well, so she's gonna come get, off the top, right? Yeah, <laughs> she gonna get that back. Yeah, it's coming off the top. Yeah, yeah, you got two million. You gonna take that two million mm -hmm. and uh, you still owe us uh thirteen million. Right, exactly. All right. Um. So uh, LeBron James is richer than we thought. He's now a millionaire. A billionaire. Billionaire. A billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's rich. Yeah. One billion, okay. billion dollars, okay, <laughs> billion dollars, okay. He's Yay, literally a baller. Like he's a baller. He's a baller for real. He's, he's set for life. Yeah, I remember there was conversation about how that status should not exist. Like a millionaires and billionaires. Like, I, how does that work? Like, if you're making the money, right? you just not get acknowledged like because it's unfair to real people who just can't make it i don't know no, that I conversation don't. just kind of disappeared do you yeah, agree? the only people that... that care about that are people that have the money right um yeah they're like well yeah. you, you know you got more than me but people don't have money they don't care i don't think they should get free stuff anymore if you're a millionaire or a billionaire no you should pay more then everybody else, you should not get free stuff. Why are you getting free stuff? You have the money. Hey, Charles Barkley said that a long time ago when he was poor and broke growing up. When he was yeah. poor and broke, and you bet you don't get that now. Thirty years ago, <laughs> but it's the people that give them the money. I mean, give them free stuff. You don't have to. You right. know, they give them the free stuff with hopes that they would do something Shout for them. them. Yeah. yeah, you know, they give so. me some free stuff. Yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. Give me some free stuff. I'll do it. We got <laughs> social media. I'll post on Instagram. You know, if you give me something, you know, I want to help. My oh my mayonnaise. Go <laughs> 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 oh, so good on your tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> my, oh, my, my, my oh my mayonnaise. <laughs> That's the endorsements I get. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to switch gears, and we are actually going to talk more about this um, in the second half with T. But um, you know, we can't not talk about hot topics without bringing up these mass shootings that's been happening. Um, four people on Wednesday killed on the campus of St. Francis Hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Two of them were doctors. Apparently, um, the shooter, uh, allegedly uh, Michael Lewis legally purchased firearms earlier in the day for that mass shooting. He killed himself after the massacre. He blamed one of the physicians for causing him pain from a recent back surgery. So he had back surgery and he had, he had called the doctor's office and, you know, kept complaining about all this pain, this pain. And I don't know if the doctor wasn't taking his calls or whatever, but he got upset. Officers found a letter on him that made it clear, according to CNN.com, made it clear when he came in with the, with the intent to kill Dr. Preston Phillips and anyone who got in his way. This incident ju happened just weeks after a mass shooting that occurred in Texas at an elementary school where 21 people were killed, including children. And another, um, I don't remember how many, was it 11 in Buffalo at the grocery store? 11 people, uh, yeah. Um, and, and that was intentional. Um, and the gunmen for that, uh, shooting or that mass shooting survived. 
Um, and I, I'm just, and T, you're here to talk about uh, safety, but, and we'll get more in depth in the second half, but, you know, hearing that story as a, as someone who is in safety and security, you know, what are your thoughts on this T? Well, back in 16, I do trainings every month somewhere and definitely at a couple of my clients, I'm part of a new employee orientation. Uh, so they get an active threat scenario training, a three hour preparation training for what to do if you ever find yourself in a mass shooting situation. And some companies have me come in monthly for all their new employees and for refreshers. Mm -hmm. So I say that because I have to update my PowerPoint on the regular. So if mm. you came back last year, you'll get different information this year. Right. So that's what I do. So I watch mm -hmm. the news all the time. Quick side note. There's been 20 since uh Uvalde, 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 20, mm. 20, there was, there 20 was one mass shootings since in eight days, 20 in the United States. What right. is considered a mass shooting? All right. That's a great question. A great People question. say great question. mass more so, than one, but what's considered a mass? It's also yeah. a loaded question because depending who you're asking, mm. the FBI stats say four or more people killed in a single episode which obviously skews the numbers a little bit because mm -hmm. our own Western psych back in 2011 wouldn't have counted because only three people died. Mm. Seven people shot, three people died, not a mass shoot. Mm. So that's the, the, the play. Remember, numbers can be whatever you want them to be, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the play. I'm not saying they do it maliciously, but that's the number. I don't know who came up with the number of four, but you have to have four or more people killed in a single episode for it to be considered a mass shooting by FBI standards. Now there's other people out here that are tracking everything that happens. And I'm sure this 20 in eight days, they all don't meet the criteria of what the FBI says is a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so that's, that's the one thing is that the, the numbers are skewed. So back in 16 and 17, I was doing my PowerPoint updating it. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to change. I only have the top five mass shootings in U.S. history up there. And I mm -hmm. usually equate it with something from five years ago. So people can see how many were on there five years ago and how many are still on the list now. Because it's not about the three or four or the five or the six. It's about the big ones. Right. Mm -hmm. The ones that change, that shake the world and, you know, get all the coverage. Mm -hmm. Four or five people in Wilkinsburg. Right. Yeah. Makes the news, but it's not going to be the same as Columbine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Virginia Tech. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. if I say them, you Las Vegas. Right. We all know the big ones. Right. Yeah. So I had to change my top five mass shooting ladies three times in a year and a half. My top five. And I'm doing this PowerPoint and I'm typing I'm like, didn't I just change this? What's going on? Because you had Orlando, you had the church and you had Vegas. Right. And I was like, oh, no. Right. So mm -hmm. I was like, what happened to the ones that were on there before? Right. Because I had one when I first started doing this 11, 12 years ago. I had one on there from 1966, University of Austin. Guy went up to the equivalent of uh, Pitt's Cathedral Learning mm -hmm. at a high vantage point and was shooting yeah. down at the students on campus. Jeez, mm, Veteran. Right. And he, he, that was one of the worst five mass shootings and it dated back to all the way back to 1966, 1984, McDonald's out in California. Same thing. Right. Guy went there, had his little play date with his family, took his kids home, came back, shot up the whole McDonald's when they first came out with that little play thing with the balls and the slides and all that, yeah. that was back in 84. Um, so, yeah, they they're changing and they're happening more frequently. And that's the scary part. But ABC News literally just reported 20 mass shootings since uh, Ross Elementary School. Only four people killed, but over 105 injured. Over 105 injured. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. we, the other thing to make you think, gun-wise, right, because this is what I do, we obviously have the most armed civilians in the world, the United States do. Mm -hmm. That goes way back. That's a whole nother can of worms. You want to talk about why these people have guns? What were the forefathers really scared of? Well, what about all these folks over here that might rebel, right? Mm -hmm. So I think everybody needs to have the right 
to have as many guns as they want to press down this rebellion if it were to ever happen. That's mm-hmm. basically where it all stems from, right? And it just passed on, and obviously technology has changed, and the laws haven't caught up with the technology. Because remember, we're talking about muskets back in 1776. Right, right. We're talking about AR-15s and you know weapons of war. Right, right. right. It would literally take you a good musket shooter would take probably five to six minutes. You know, to I mean? reload, shoot, pack, load. Right. You know, a couple, a couple, mm-hmm. at least at least a minute and a half. I mean, right. really good. Right. Yeah. But if you're out there shaking because somebody's shooting at you, right? Mm-hmm. You got a whole other scenario going on. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the issue that we're dealing with now is the gun laws aren't going to change because of what we were based, what we were built on, the militia mindset. The police right. aren't coming to your homes, right? To protect you if we get invaded. Think about that. They're going to be on the border, they're going to be flying airplanes, they'll be flying missions. Look at what's happening in Ukraine. Those people had to pick up arms themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't want to limit the weapons because not to say that that could happen, but Hey, it could happen. Somebody, you know, China might pull up with a couple of, you know, landing gears and you never know. So that's that's the logic behind it. But unfortunately it's the kids, the majority of the mass shootings are purchased legally. Like this guy did just like the one before that. They're not not off the street. They're purchased legally. You know, I have a 12 year old son. His name is Drake. He came home. He watches the news with me because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, Drake, when you turn 18, do you think you should be able to buy an AR-15? He looked at me like I was crazy. He said, 2018? No, definitely not. He goes, well, maybe 21, Dad, but definitely not 18. Like, he's 12, and he mm-hmm. realizes that he should not be able to go into a store and purchase an yeah. AR-15 at 18. Why are they even being sold? That's what I don't understand. If this is a military-style Rifle weapon, right? What it was made weapon. for, yeah. Colt, Colt man. Why are we using this? How are you hunting, right? Like, how are you using this to hunt? And we, you know, we, we might just, you know, keep the conversation going because you know, this is this is pretty serious. But go ahead, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the issue. It's, it's about money, you know, it's a dollars and cents game, you know. But America has an obsession with firearms, like I said, we. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my, my stat before. We have the most guns in the civilian world by civilian population, hands down, not even close. Over 393 million, and that's conservative, right? Out of 100, that puts us at, it's usually like, for example, second is India, 71 mm-hmm. million guns. But that's five out of 100 people, civilians, have a mm-hmm. fire. Five mm-hmm. out of 100. In the U.S., 120 out of 100. It's so skewed the other way that the second number is bigger than the first number. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> multiple guns, there's a lot of us, show of hands, I obviously own one. Do you ladies own a firearm? There's four of us here. I'm scared of them. You I do? One. But we have two, right? Mm. Two people out of two, right? Now, here's the skew. Here's the line. And it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I have one in my household. Right. I purchased I they as a police officer, they made us purchase one or they were going to give us a 38 revolver back in the day. So mm-hmm. you had to purchase one so that I have my service Then I purchase a smaller compact when I go on, you know, details and stuff that I can keep in my suit or in my pants. And there's a shotgun in the house. Right. My wife does mental health. She does therapy. She does kids wraparound services and intellectual disability for adults. She supports the families that have someone living with them with an intellectual disability. She deals with folks, you know, all the time. And sometimes she has to go in homes. So she has one. So in my house alone, we have four. Oh, gosh. Right? You guys don't have any. So you can see how the numbers can get skewed, right? Yeah. Because I have four. There's four of us here. So I got enough for all of us to be counting. Right. And that's the issue, right? Now I'm responsible. They're locked up. They're put away. Shotgun isn't loaded. None yeah. of them are loaded in the house, right? Um, but... You know, that when when I used to go to, to calls and we knew that a former officer or someone that was a gun enthusiast had weapons. When I say weapons, you saw you saw what happened in Vegas, right? Mass destruction. Weapons yeah. like stockpiling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All those preppers that you worry about with the tankers built building their backyard and worry mm-hmm. for World War Three used to be the Russians mm-hmm. coming, but now it's whatever, mm-hmm. right? 
they there's no limit to how many you can purchase. Mm-hmm. Do you think the issue is <clears throat> having a firearm or is it mental health with the person that has the firearm? Because, you know, I think everyone should feel safe in their home. And if having a, fire, a firearm makes you feel safe, if you if you know the correct time to use it or what the law is to have a gun, I think it's fine. Right. But that's the Second Amendment. Right. Right. You know, yeah. so I'm not against it. I'm definitely phony. I'm like, yeah, you know, keep right. yourself safe. But you hear a lot of things whenever the shooter kills all these people, it becomes a mental health issue. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, was it is it really mental health or is it access to guns? I don't think it's mental health all the time. And I think it's just it, it's not. It's I not. think it's the access to guns and, and it, it's the education on guns. Because people see guns and they think, okay, well, you know, this is going to, um, I feel safe with this gun. But there's no safety if you don't know how to use the gun. You're really not safe. You're you're shooting at someone who could, if you don't shoot, hold the gun right or shoot it right, they can take it from you and kill you. It's not the guns, it's the people. It's the people. Mm -hmm. And it's the access to the guns. Mm -hmm. You know, like Jared said that, it's not the gun, it's the people. I said it, yeah. Oh, Kiki said it. So here you yeah. go. Kiki. Here's to reinforce your thought, Kiki. Oh God. Second most guns. <laughs> we have the most guns at 393 million. The second the country with the second most guns is India with 71 million. People or guns? So people? Guns. Civilians with firearms. Civilians with firearms, right? If it's the guns, who should be number two in mass shooting? If it's truly the guns, India. India's in the bottom third of mass shootings. But they have the second most guns in the civilian population to us. They're in the bottom third. Which mm-hmm. goes to Kiki's point. Repeat it for me one more time, Kiki. It's not the guns, it's the people. There it is. Now, what does that say about us? We crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Something right? wrong, right? <laughs> Honestly, like the different different religion over there, Zuda, Ben, right? Zen, like calming, peacing, right? All all that, right? Yeah, but they are they? Yeah, they're we, not using it to kill each. Yippee kaye, right? But they're not using it. They're not using their firearms. They're using their fire, like for some of us for protection, but also for for some of us for hunting. Yeah, is it for? It's not for terrorism, though. No. No, well, they, they have the second most guns. So they technically, if it's not the people, if it's not the mindset, if it's not the people, then they should be number two in mass shootings just from a sheer mm-hmm. number standpoint. Mm-hmm. But they're not. So it's truly, and I, I'm I'm with my girl over here. It's, it's the people. The yeah. firearm is the firearm. Mm-hmm. People, sometimes mm-hmm. the firearms aren't locked up, right? Mm-hmm. That's another one, right? Then you got people indoctrinating their kids to learn how to shoot early because they want to take them hunting, right? right? Now you have a whole nother aspect, Kiki, is these kids have grown up in the active shooter era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So now also they're video game and video, and we yeah. were talking now about video trained. games. They've been mm-hmm. through the drill. The music, it's everywhere in the media and they feel very influenced by it, you know, like they want right. to be just like them. So, and they've been through the training. Yeah. They've done yeah. the drills as kids. They know what to do. They know mm-hmm. where to go. I think they did a commercial or something that said, um, or somebody somebody created a commercial and they were saying that they had a group of adults in the room and they said, well, we're going to have someone come in and teach you what to do if there was an active shooter around you. And they brought in a kid mm. because that's how it's becoming in our society now where kids are targets. And right. they have more drills on active shooting than people in the workplace. Exactly. So, you know, they know what to do. They have it like, like every month the kids have it at their school. Right. And they still want it. And I, I don't know who, I, I, I can't think of his name, but he wanted to make the schools where it's just one way in and one way out. Uh, still. Yeah. Right. Or, well, that, or was two, in, that was down in uh, Texas. Texas. Right. Yeah. And okay. I'm not opposed to there's ways to make a school still aesthetically pleasing, but still safe. Right. right? There are ways to do that. And people yeah. Let's talk about that because what are we missing here? 
Right. Yeah. People are thinking bars and like jail, but there are ways, you know what I mean, to make a place safe that's still aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. And remember, we adapt. This is a true story. I was in Europe in the early 80s, right? Stationed over there. And I had before the Euro. So we're talking about they still had Italian lira. I was stationed in Italy for a while. And I went to go exchange some money. And I went to the bank and I came in off the street and they had the foyer and that door opened up. And I went to go into the inner door and I pulled on the door and it was locked, but I saw all the people in there. And, you know, similar to South America, sometimes they do take their little siestas in the middle of the day or whatever. But I was like, okay, I'm pulling on the door, typical American, like, you know, high speed, low drag, let's go, let's get moving, like, boom, boom, boom. And they, they a little bit more laid back over there, right? So I'm rattling the door and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Espeta, 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 señor, espeta, right? One minute, one minute, right? The door behind me closes. Then this door opens. In mm. 1986. In 1986, how many robberies you think they have in Italy, right? You can't even get into the bank, let alone get out of the bank until this door closes behind me and mm. this one opens. Mm. Right? Like these are things, these are common sense things. These are solutions. It sounds so easy. Right. These are the yeah. We're not splitting atoms. We're not putting the person on the moon. Right. It's just that I told you my mindset was. Right? Pulling on the door. Like, what's going on? Let me in. Let's go. Mm. Over there. Hey, baby, calm down. That's better. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Right. Whole different mindset. They ain't in a hurry. They ain't high speed, low drag. You know what I mean? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Chop, chop, chop. Gotta move, gotta move, gotta go, gotta go. Right? But that's a bank. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bank, I'm sorry. Right? right. I just did Unisound, right? Uh the, mm -hmm. the, the city school, they do city school after school music programs at 60 sites around the city of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. After this shooting up in the synagogue, they had a site near that. People couldn't get to their families, their kids. Obviously, there was a breakdown in communication they hadn't prepared for, right? So they came to me. I just trained them last month. And I, I went to all the, well, whoever signed up, it was a Zoom because of COVID. Um, but I talked to them and they had, they wrote the questions. I just answered them. And they wanted to know what they could do, right, to keep the kids safe in that environment if something like that happens again. They might not be the target themselves, but it could still affect them because they could be in a neighborhood where this happens. It could be a barricade situation or a domestic. It could be a bank robbery. It could be anything, right? Another synagogue shooting, right? Anything can shut it down. A school shooting is going to shut up a perimeter, right? You're not going to be free to go because you're in lockdown, right? So we just went over this about things that you can do to harden the buildings and to mm -hmm. ask about the practices and the protocols and to even ask about the true evacuation distance that's safe for you. Because remember when the World Trade came down, right? It took out a whole city block. Right. So you might have thought you were safe when you came down. Plus, you know, they had been attacked before and they never actually came down. Right. Then when they did come down, it affected a larger area than they thought. So the rule for that that I teach folks is three and a half times the height of your building. That's how far you need to be away. So that whole get outside and go across the street 500 feet, not even nearly sufficient. Mm. Not even nearly. You need to be three and a half times the height away from your building. So you need to get in your car and just drive away. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If but there's, but there are ways. There are ways to keep your building safe that are aesthetically pleasing. Buzzer systems, access control, um, buzzer systems that the people, the reception areas can, you know, can do, can use on a regular basis. And they need that just in case they do receive a threat. You know, it happens in mental health all the time. You get a disgruntled person like this guy didn't call because he wasn't looking for he wasn't looking for uh, attention. Right. He truly we call it you have your intended targets and then you have targets of opportunity. Your intended target is the person that they're actually coming for. But they will accept targets of opportunity. Right. Yes. If you see them. So from yeah. a company standpoint, you're responsible for mitigating those losses and limiting those targets of opportunity for the bad guy. What do you do when you, when that bell goes off, active shooter, active shooter, lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. That's where the liability comes in. At. And best believe that there's going to be some suits coming in with those police officers standing outside the door, you know, and not going in for over 40 minutes. 
Yeah, because they're placing blame on a teacher that left the door, the door open. open right. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. like, come on now. Anything. So take it off. He them. propped the door yeah. open. He propped the door open. But what right. does that mean about 21 lives? Exactly. In one, in one room. Thank you. And that's and the other outside. issue is that you have those people who are <coughs> responsible for the maintenance of the building, but complacency can lead to casualty. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing a check, you spend all this money to get this security and they have they had no problem showing us. Right. The little cheat sheet of the security measures that they had. They had a fence when the fence was four foot high. Right. It yeah. didn't stop him from getting over. Right. They had all these things that look good on paper. Right. To let people feel like their kids were safe. And then none of them came true or they were, you know, forged by a rock or a pebble or a not or a non latching door. I, I, I want to stop you right there because when you said that, um, that it sparked a question. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we are talking to Terrence Brown, owner and founder of Safety and Security Consultants, LLC. Um, yeah, we, we're talking some good stuff here. Uh, it's the Hey Girl Hey podcast on Urban Media Today. Hold tight. Did you know untreated chlamydia and gonorrhea can make it so that you or your partner might not be able to become pregnant? Get tested today. Visit Allegheny County Health Department's public health clinic for free and confidential walk-in HIV STD screenings at the Hill District location, 1908 Wiley Avenue. Call 412-578-8081 for more information. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Hey girl, hey! <laughs> it's the Hey Girl, Hey podcast on Urban Media today, uh, brought to you by the Allegheny County Health Department. Make sure you visit the Allegheny County Health Department, please. They are open every day. Free and confidential walk-in STD HIV screenings at their Hill District location, 1908 Wiley Avenue. Again, open every day. You can call them up 412-578-8081. 412-578-8081, or you can visit them online at AlleghenyCounty.us slash HIV. Terrence Brown is here. He is the owner and founder of Safety and Security Consultants, LLC. And we were talking about, um, before the break, we were talking about school safety and aesthetics. And um, we were talking about, you know, how in this, uh, the Texas uh, elementary school uh, mass shooting, how they were blaming a teacher for for leaving leaving the 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 school door open and and you know people placing blame as a well my my son is twenty four but I have younger nieces and nephews and I had a conversation Terrence with my niece who you know we were talking about the shooting and she said you know my 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 daughter's school is safe. And, you know, I don't really have much, you know, I, you know, they never, they just had like a couple fights or whatever. Should parents be more concerned or should they investigate their schools if they're preparing their school, you know, their children for school? And what can they look for? What can they look forward to? Because you can't, we can't afford private school. So we got to go to public school. So what are we asking? Let's talk about that. What All should right. we look for? Um, I moved from. Uh, Highland Park up to Wexford, North Allegheny. So it's oh, okay. Oh, that's the school with the the most drugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's right? no. You come <laughs> from Highland Park, to, right? Yeah, you got to watch they your got, kids with the drugs. Yes, <laughs> metal got, detectors to methods. Method. Yeah, you're the drugs, right? Exactly. No, it's it's that's true. very true. Right, okay. so you, you switch one for the other, so they save, mm -hmm. but you got all the other stuff you got to worry mm -hmm. about. Right, right. right. Um, so when I went to uh, my daughter's school, uh, Bradford Woods, right, uh, elementary, because we moved there, she was in elementary school. I sat. I went to the first day of school. I went to the to the parent teacher meetings, and I asked all the questions. School resource officer, yes or no? Right, lockdown plans. Do I need to download an app to get the notifications or does it come automatically when we register our children? Mm -hmm. Right. All those questions were said to me. I was that dude in the back of the classroom. Right. Raising their hand. You know, of course, everybody was deferring to me, too, because they realized I knew what I was talking about after about three or four questions. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, estimated response time. Um, 
what the aftermath looks like as far as counseling, right? Do we have a contract with with counseling? You know, crisis, wow. right? Uh, crisis, crisis management. That's a good one, right? Yeah. Do we have that? Are we contracted? We're paying all this money in taxes up here, right? So right. where's it going, right? right. You know, I don't want to just be lying in everybody's pockets. We need to have the resources there too, you know? Right. Um, so those are the types of questions, ladies, that you can ask when you go to the schools. And I've done some work with Pittsburgh public schools too. Um, Chief Brown and the woman before her who had a, a brain uh, cancer. I can't remember her mm -hmm. name. Mm -hmm. um, they had me teach at SciTech uh, right before the kids went back to school. And we did, uh, and they got, once again with me, you get to pick the curriculum. I'll, I'll develop it, but you tell me what you want. If you want cultural diversity training for your safety officers and police officers, I can do that for you. If you're worried about gangs, I can do that for you. If you're worried about crisis management and how to deflect and you know not keep a safe workplace, care, welfare, and safety for all parties involved, I can teach you how to put kids in holds without hurting the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you need safety related, I can do for you. And I have a team of people that can create a curriculum for you. So the school, the city schools, now I haven't done it in three years um, since um, Sylvester had come in and now he's gone, right? They have a new director, I'm assuming, right? I think they just voted him out, right? And the other guy, or he stepped down. Which which school district are we uh, talking Pittsburgh about? Pittsburgh Public. Pittsburgh Public. The superintendent? Yeah. Walters? He's at the, that's the new one, right? Because they got yeah. rid of the other gentleman, right? Right, right. So I haven't done anything with them in about three years. Um, but they do have training. Um, now the issue with the Pittsburgh public schools is each principal gets to run their own shop. Yeah. So it's hard to get them uniform to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, and I got that directly from the safety officers and the security people there that this is good, but they won't let us do that here, you know, or they won't let us do that there. Um, so other principals that are proactive and, and forth, you know, for thinking forward, they'll let you come in and do this but the other ones and i tell people all the time the most dangerous words in any language ladies is because we've always done it that way mm, nobody yeah. is looking at the new stuff yeah. you know that director hasn't been in a classroom in 30 years they have no idea what these teachers are dealing with mm. right well that's the same that thing were, in the civilian world too though i know you were talking about training and and, and training the officers i mean right now as we're on this air on the air speaking now the president is addressing gun violence in the schools and in america so you know we do we do the trainings and we go through the trainings we we get the the security people to be trained but there was one incident where the security guard was running with the kids you right. know like he's just like they're shooting. What am I going to do? And I'm then outgunned. they're, right. they're, yeah, it, you're outgunned. So if you're outgunned, your natural instinct is to, if, if we have them in the schools now, like I said, I mean, I, it's the right to bear arms. That's the way I feel. But if you have them in the schools and you, it's, it's one of those things. Do you, could you give them the, a lot of gunpowder? Uh, should you give them a high, high powered rifle or should you get, pull back or something should you give teachers what how do you feel about teachers having guns in the classroom i mean i i think Woo. teachers should teach if you don't know anything and this was one of the things that was brought up about yeah. teachers having guns that's that's yeah. been a that's been a topic or armed guards at school yeah you yeah. know i mean armed guards is nothing new at schools because they had it in the 60s when black kids used to go to school they had to go with armed guards to protect them from the white kids so but it's the training. If if they're outgunned, what do they do? What is their backup? Like how do how do we address things like that? Like we we want our kids to be safe, but do we want them to, you know, walk in walk into this security with high power? We already have metal detectors, and we see right. that sometimes those don't work. Right. And then you come in and you see this whole right. security guards, all these guards there. I don't mind seeing the security guards as long as the kids are safe. Right. I'm okay with that. Right. But what I, I, my concern is the psyche that it plays for kids. Right. No, that, that. And it does weigh heavy and the kids are resilient. That's what people forget. We know what it's like to fly post 
when you didn't go through security and get wanted and take your shoes off and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Right? Wow, I remember that. Right? I remember people smoking on you the airplane. You can walk and you, right? yeah. you can smoke on the airplane back you can in the smoke 80s. on it. Yep, you sure right? could. Smoking. Like the Y'all people of a certain age. I'm, yeah, I'm a certain age. Look, I don't know about that. Yeah, I remember that. I right. they used to like serve you full meals too. Yeah, full meal, right? Look like wow. a Stouffer's. Look like a Stouffer's home dinner. Yeah, right? it sure did. You would pull that little yeah, cool thing plastic off. Like, oh, I don't like oh, no. these. Mixed now we just got nuts. Exactly. <laughs> If barely, barely any. Right. If Make that. Right? Right. So, but they are, but as far as the um the teachers, this is part of when I get people in classroom for three hours, we cover all types of stuff. And you guys are hitting on each one individually, which is so funny to me. So I, mm -hmm. I appreciate y'all doing your research and having the questions. <laughs> one of the one of the PowerPoint slides is. What will your mentality be in a crisis situation? How will you respond? You already touched on it. Fight, flight, freeze. Boom. Those are your three options. The more training you have, the better you're going to respond. And the faster you'll be able to make that decision based on your training. Fight, flight, or freeze. And you can fly to and you can fly from. You just mentioned security officers running away because they're outgunned. These officers standing by waiting for the green light. Nobody wants to make the decision. Kids are bleeding out inside. That's not, a, that's not, that is not okay. Yeah. Right. If you, you have protect and serve on the side of your vehicle and who are you protect? The days of setting up the perimeter and waiting for SWAT were gone before yeah. I became a police officer in 1995. Yeah, that's SUV. That's as Them days though. were gone. Where you set up the perimeter and wait for SWAT, them days is gone. I don't care if you're a bicycle cop. And I used to train mountain bike police officers. You got 56 bullets, right, on your Glock. You got 17, 17, 17, and one in the chamber if you need to, right? You need to at least get to a place of cover and engage that person, right, from cover and back up and be a nuisance, if nothing else, 56 times. That's what you need to do, right? You got 19 police officers in that elementary school who aren't doing anything, right? Nothing, waiting for the okay to go, waiting for a key card so they can get access into the thing instead of oh, breaching the door. Jesus. I've been with SWAT when they have snatched the front of the buildings off before. Snatched yeah. the whole front of the buildings off Ooh. with that ballistic engineered armored response vehicle is called a bear. That mm. bear took over 1,500 rounds mm. out there in Stanton Heights by that boy mm. that they took into custody. And it still yeah. drove back to the north side. That's what it's designed to do. <clears throat> designed to take the rounds to protect the police inside, and they can shoot from inside <clears throat> that ballistic engineered armed response vehicle too. Have any of you ladies even seen that vehicle go up and down the streets on a SWAT call? It's not the police car. It looks just like just on it's TV. Right. Just yeah, on TV. It. It's it's big. I mean, it is big. Mm -hmm. It is it is the same stuff they're using in the State Department that they're using overseas, right? And we have a bunch of them. County has them. SWAT has them. FBI has them. Homeland has them. We got a bunch. There's no way you can't pull up to the side of that building, snatch those windows out, right, with that bear protecting your officers, and they can open up fire from inside that bear, right, pin that person down, and then get those kids out or whatever you need to do. But so that's the training side of it, though. That's See, you, you make it sound, I'm sorry, you you make it sound so easy. And if, if I were someone who was, if I were a police officer, it, I would, you know, I would probably, and I, and I, and I mean this just uh -huh. out of a scenario, I would probably be offended because it's like, so what are you saying? We're not doing the right thing. Are you saying we're not trained properly? If you could do it better, how come, you know, doo -doo 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 -doo. you know, have you ever had to address that type of, um, uh, flack or, you know, um, criticism like from, from police officers, like, that that hear you, um, right. you know, teaching these courses or whatever. I've had How do you respond in, to that criticism. I've had them sit in my trainings before. When I did Fifth District Court, I did the tip staff, the judges, everybody mm -hmm. in Fifth District Court, from family division all the way to the magistrate judge. Mm -hmm. And I've had sheriffs sit in the back of the room, and I get the guy in the back of the room with the what ifs, you know, wants to try to stump the stump the trainer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know, I've been doing this for thirty three years, Kiki, like you said, right? And it. My job is to point is to keep people safe. 
I run into the same issue outside of law enforcement with mental health folks. I teach mm-hmm. a course when I was at Mercy Behavioral called Safety in the Community for Mental Health Workers. Safety in the Community. So what do young women do when they go into people's homes and they got the creepy uncle who walks around with his you know, wife beater on and his drawers, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to see the, the nephew or the niece, right? Are you safe? Can you be safe? And I would prepare them for that scenario, tell them that you don't search that house before you go in. You're just going into this home. They could be sitting on a stockpile of weapons right underneath the cushions that you're sitting on, right? You don't know what's going on. So you need to be safe. Know your surroundings. So it's not just law enforcement that gets this, that gets it from both sides. I get it from both sides. But I've had administrators come up to me and say, yeah, uh, we don't we don't like the way you're, you're scaring the, the clinicians, the people that work out, the community treatment teams, right? They're, uh, it's going to be hard for us to, you know, get people to go do the work. This is what I've had. I've had said to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's well, y'all's problem. My job yeah. as a safety manager is to be safe, is to teach them how to be safe. What's more scary, me telling you what not to do or you actually being in a situation and not knowing what the hell to do? And that's what, so my reply, right? Never been, you know. Put on your big girl britches. Have an issue issue with with quick-witted comebacks is every job, right, has an inherent risk, right? You need to assess that before you go into this job and before you choose this career field. Now there's ways you can serve in a hospital in the VA and still give mental health advice. But when you start going into people's homes yeah. by yourself, right? You need to have a buddy system. You need to be on yeah. the phone. Hey, Kiki, I'm going to creepy uncle's house. It is now seven 45. I should be in and out of there by eight 15. If you do not hear me, send the police. Cause I'm not going to forget to call you when I get out of there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like those are the things you put in place, but the but the administration, right? Because they're detached a lot of times, doesn't see it. Same thing in law enforcement. You know, it's not those officers, if they heard this podcast, would be offended. But what can they say to defend themselves? They sat there for an hour waiting for it. ABC News again reported today one of the, the, the teacher, the younger teacher that lost her life, her husband was a, was a public safety police officer and was detained by his co-workers and stopped from going into the school to get his wife. Yeah, because some of the kids that got out were, they got out because their parents right. went Another and got guy went, took the barber's shotgun, went right. to the school, got mm-hmm. into a window, took his, ba- and his got, wife and got, and got his kid. kid out. Like, yeah. where, how come the police aren't doing that? Yeah, like these are the these are the criticisms that you get when you when you <clears> drop <throat> the ball. Now remember, we're talking about a six person police force, six people on per shift, and this all this attention happens in that small little town. Damn! But they have the border patrol agents, and they have all these supporting people here. We have DHS, FBI. You know what I mean? We have all those people right here in the in the city of Pittsburgh. But we also have five zones. Right, that can be yeah. deployed. I used to work on the gang task force, the 10 cars. 10 cars were two man vehicles that we would send to suppress all the gang violence after it happened. So we would increase the presence and we worked in a two man vehicle and we went through the SWAT training, breaching, and all that stuff. Right. But if you're not, it's not for everybody. That's my whole point. Right? This job is like firefighters. Well, we think firefighters are crazy. There might 90% of the time, there probably isn't somebody in that house. But they put their life on the line putting out property. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. That church, when the bell fell, when the bell fell, the bell tower fell up in the church in the Hill District and killed. Mount Air. I mean, Ebenezer. Right. Well, why, do, why are we losing lives over these buildings? We think firefighters are crazy. They mm-hmm. think we're crazy too, of course, but. You know, yeah, and that's that's their job, that's their profession, and they choose to be in it. I recall one time I did a home visit. I used to work for this company to do home visits. Okay. And I was meeting with a client that, and we didn't have training. Okay. It was just in my mind to think this. Right. I'm meeting with a client. I kept hearing this noise upstairs, and I know that I did an assessment of the house already and know that her husband lived there. And I um and and so I was talking to her. She said her husband had dementia and sometimes he was really violent. And so, but there was this noise, there was like a knock at the top of the door, at the top of the stairs. And I kept saying, Well, do you have a dog? And she was like, No, I don't have a dog. 
but they had a gun case. And I never forget it. It had like six rifles. It had a space for six rifles, but only like four of them were in there. And this, and I kept hearing this noise at the top of the street. And I said, so you don't have a dog, ma'am? She said, no. She said, that's my husband. And I said, oh. And then I looked down to the side there. And beside the couch was a little, what well, wasn't little, but it was a, um, a little handgun. Yeah, like a 22, something like that, a little caliber handgun. And I saw that the side. I packed up my stuff. I know that's I'm right. I'm out. On the first thing spoken. Right. I was out right. of there. Came back to the office. That's right. Let them know. I mean, because they back. Lay yeah, back. that's it. She, <laughs> she, I, she said, she said, that's my husband. Yeah, she said, right. that's my husband. And I, you know, so I had encounters like that. And and I know I used to work in a, in a pharmacy and a guy came to rob the pharmacy that I was in in West Virginia. And not while I was there, he robbed it before I got there. And they were laughing about how this guy came to rob the pharmacy. I said, well, what a gun. He had a gun. They said, yeah. And the, and the, well, he said he had a gun, but the pharmacist said, but my gun was bigger. And I'm thinking, so y'all were just going to have a shootout before I got here? Right. Like, who? What are we thinking of? That's the American. That's the mindset. So I always, I always reflect back on that. Like, you know, I think it's okay to have a gun, but whenever you're laughing about the fact that you were, you almost got robbed, but you know, you batted, the, he batted the gun off the guy. Because he said his gun was small. Like he hit it like, get out of here with that gun. And he said, because my gun was bigger. So I'm so sorry. We are, we're like down to five minutes. Um, I, T, I wanted to talk so much more because (laughs) like, how do businesses, how do, okay. How can, (laughs) I think every, I think every organization needs to hire a safety and security consultant, um, you know, training, we need training, you know, but because when you're in um, instances or scenarios or or actual um, events, you you can't think that, you know, can you think that fast, you know, things happen and, and, and it's just not even the mass shootings, but just, a lot of gun violence that's happening on our streets. A young, a baby, 18 month old baby was killed. We have way too many guns on our streets. You know, I guess real quick, what can we look for as civilians? If we're standing at the bus stop, if we're at the gas station, you know, is there, is can we find something that's, that's unusual? What, what can we look for? Yeah. Um, and, and what do we do if we see something? I know it's like, say, if we see something, say something, but we still in that no snitch rule, right? Well, right. But that's not when it comes to your safety. That means for everybody else. That's after mm-hmm. the fact. For your right. safety, you're looking for bulges. You're looking for things in the small, the back and the waistband. You're looking to see if that person waiting on the bus, you know, on the EVA is, is, you know, acting strange. Do they have a duster coat on in the middle of the summertime? right? Mm-hmm. trench coat, right? Yeah. You're looking for things that just don't add up. Um, and then of course, that's when you change your, you know, your behavior and your direction. The best thing in a crisis situation, a safety situation is always distance. It's always distance. So create distance between you, catch the next bus, right? If you're not sure something doesn't feel right. My wife was in Starbucks. She, she wasn't aware. She thought that you had to have a license to carry concealed. Mm-hmm. Or she thought you had to have a license to carry in general. I said, no, baby, you only need a license to be concealed. In America, you can walk around with a six-shooter on your hip. You just Damn. can't go into private property. It's just like right. the wild, wild west, real talk. Like, that's the law. You can mm-hmm. walk around. And you saw the pictures back in the day of people going to Applebee's with their long guns on their chest. And, like, you can walk around. You have a right to bear arms. Right. Mm-hmm. You need a permit to carry it concealed so nobody knows that you have a firearm. Right. So this dude came into Starbucks down the road in West Penn out in these lib. And she said he was goth looking, had the black fingernails, the hair and the piercings. And she grabbed mm-hmm. baby, got the hell out of there because she didn't know what was about to jump off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's what you have to do. You got to be alert. You got to be aware. Um, you know, you Don't said, leave when everybody else leaves the club. 
Right. I leave for the early concert. I leave or early late. or exactly. late. Early or late. Yeah. Exactly. Early or late. Or well, the concert, I ain't leaving the concert out early. For you. Right. Like, <laughs> I'll leave the club early. I'll, I may got to And don't yeah. be standing I'll wait for that last song. I'll be like, oh, come on. Nope. Right. I'll watch it on YouTube or Facebook. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. There's a lot I'm of people out there waiting for somebody to come out. I but can't yeah, do you're it. right. The vulnerability assessment, get somebody to come in, look at your building. I was very proud of Unisound for taking the the steps to be proactive. They now know what to ask venues if they rent out the Benetton for a concert or Kappa or whatever. They know what to ask. They know what it looks like. They need to know when the lights come on and the, and the, and the curtain drops, what that means, right? All that's part of the training. Um, well, so get trained. That's really what it comes down to. How can we do that? What's your, um, how can we reach out to you? If someone's yeah, watching I'm, or listening, how? Yeah, how if you're on Google, you're on YouTube. Uh, Google is the best way. Google search engine, safety, security consultants. You just type in active threat scenario training, active shooter training. Uh, my company will be the first one that pops up. Um, I've had people call me all the way from San Diego, California. So how'd you find me? They said Google. Mm-hmm. All right. So Google's, said you Google's, Google's, Google's somebody bad. Google's a bad man jamma, right? So <laughs> that's the bad way. But yeah, there's all different types. Anything safety related, get an expert in law. The issue, Kiki, is law enforcement doesn't have the time to go to building the building. Right. They don't think about it. they're responding to 911 calls. They they have, yeah, they have a small dispatch of community oriented police officers and weed and seed officers, but not enough to do their th- thorough building the vulnerability assessments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not training. They don't have the time to do drills. Now, when you get to a bigger level, like they want to evacuate the steel building every couple of times a year, right? That's where I work. Yeah. That's when they, but they're paying the city to come in and have the officers down there and do all that stuff. And that's a tabletop mm. exercise. But mm. outside of people cutting the check, they don't have the time to do all that for these individual companies. So that's where mm-hmm. safety security consultants and other safety professionals come into play. Um, so that's that's the best way. Thank you so much, T. I appreciate you. Uh, make sure you Google Safety and Security Consultants, LLC, T. Brown. He's on LinkedIn. He's on, uh, I don't know if you want to follow him on Instagram, but um, yeah, don't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> don't follow Instagram. Instagram okay. uh, I see yeah. all my food, all the restaurants I like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We wish you had more time. Um, you know, prayerfully, we'll, we'll, we'll get this right. And, you know, as far as the guns on the streets, we just pray that something happens. I'm not saying take away your guns, but take them away from the people that don't really need right. them. Or and that's the issue too, Key. I got to leave you with that. Is that there isn't an existing database where, you know how Carfax was started, right? Mm-hmm. Carfax, get the Carfax, mm-hmm. get the Carfax. Well, that mm-hmm. means they need those maintenance shops to start putting those cars in to this database. Same concept for, for firearms and for mental health. Right. Mm-hmm. If you go to Resolve and go see somebody or get put in the Western site, somebody needs to be putting that data into a database. Mm-hmm. And that's what the common sense laws that Senate and Congress are fighting over right now, um, the ability to restrict. And then, of course, you have the far, far, far right people that say, what about the veterans? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes the veterans are the ones that are touched. You know, what I mean, they have PTSD. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, American sniper was killed by one of his own. Right. right. The, the Texas shooter I told you about in 66 was a was a, a veteran from the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes, you know, the right, even though I served, if I am mentally incapacitated and can't think rationally, I do not need to have my free firearm. Mm-hmm. But someone needs to be able to report that. And that's the issue that you have is that that doesn't that that system is not in place. I can put a warrant out for your arrest in all 50 states, but I can't enter you into a database and say, Kiki just got 302 sent. Yeah. You know, no. Voluntary a 302 is involuntary committal. I'm sorry, I got it. Yeah, 302. Yeah, this has been very, very, very interesting. This yeah. talk. So, but anytime we got to do this again. Definitely. Yeah. Unfortunately, there'll be there'll go. be many more <laughs> happening. There will be many more happening. Like I said, unfortunately, since Ubalde. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please make sure you email us at the Hagro Hey Podcast 2018 at Gmail or the Hagro Hey or you can call 412 709 6130. We are all over the streaming apps. Make sure you follow us there and we're on social media. So uh, we are out of time. Urban Media Today Talk Sports is next. Terry, thank you. Uh, Terry, Terrence, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. 
my mind is just blown right now. I, I ain't ready. It's, we, it's we usually give, There's a lot to think about. It's a lot to process. Yeah, it's a lot. We usually give chick names, but you're not a chick, so. We well, just gave you one. Security man, security man, safety man. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how they know me. When they see me walking to a building, oh, Lord, the active shooter man is here. Active shooter man. <laughs> you got the active shooter man. I'm your radio chick, Kiki Brown. <laughs> and I am the chatter chick, LaShawn. I'm your millennial chick, it's the Hey Girl Hey podcast, the Urban Media today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Urban Media Today Radio, your station for classic soul, R&B, old school hip hop, gospel, smooth jazz, and more. Listen online at urbanmediatoday.com or download the TuneIn, Live 365, or Urban Media Today Radio app. They're free. So take us with you. It's Urban Media Today Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Hey Girl Hey podcast do not necessarily reflect on the official policy or position of Urban Media Today and Urban Media Today Radio. Any content provided by our guests, sponsors, or advertisers are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.